You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. This is Podcast 673, which means we are two away next Thursday's podcast, one week from today. We are doing a live podcast. It's for 675. It'll be an all-car questions podcast, live streaming on, on YouTube next Thursday, and that will be on the Test Drive Videos channel. But this is an actual, like, normal podcast where you're hearing it on audio only, and we're doing <laughs> right, some car debates. Right. Yes, that's February 10th, 2022, but on February 5th, Saturday, part two of our West Coast Road Trip mm-hmm. airs. So that is tomorrow, if you're listening, on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. And the entire Season 10 is now available on Amazon Prime. Who knew? You can go there and see the entire season. Vimeo for all of our patrons. Mm-hmm. But also, the season is going to be coming to YouTube sooner than you think. So yep. if you yep. don't have any access of all of that, but you do have the internet, that, you can well, watch that, it. That, is that the whole World Wide Web? Remember when we were all typing that? <laughs> When did that stop? But aren't we very, very glad? Yeah, no We're kidding. We're all wearing on our W keys. Thank God that's done. No kidding. So that is uh, the cars of the past. And this is the first road trip. We've got three more in 2022 to drive with these cars. Mm-hmm. And they're currently running. So good news. There's. Uh, are there any oil leaks on yours so far? Uh, at the moment, I have no leaks. Thank you, sir. Okay. My leaks are cured for the moment, Th- too. Things are not so. leaking. Things are running. <laughs> I have like to put too big of a stake in the ground, but at least there's I no have leaks. a phantom battery drain problem that rears its head like every like twelfth start. It's like all right. of a sudden the battery's dead, what did and I then leave for the on? next twelve it runs great, it's which the is clock. fine. It's your clock. It, that's it probably is that the clock. Juice. By the way, I have to on the next road trip. I have to tell the story of the three hundred ZX clock because it is much maligned because it is terrible. To the point that there are aftermarket fixes for the clock in the dash of three hundred. Your clock is terrible. Well, not I the one in the this. aftermarket stereo, but the one that actually came with the, comes with the car. Horrific. And it's a really? known problem. I'll have to tell the whole story on the next Well, that's trip. interesting. Because we're going to Texas so at the end of February. If you haven't heard this yet, go to our Adventures tab, everydaydriver.com. Go to the Adventures tab. It's already been updated for the first half of the year. Now, not mm-hmm. all the details are there, but we've got stakes in the ground because we're going to Texas at the end of February. We're going to be there for Radwood in Austin at Coda. Of all places. Coda. Circuit of the Americas. I've yeah. always wanted to go. Redwood is happening there. So we are making our next trip, which is our south trip of our four points of the compass trip. We're going south to Texas. We're going to do some cool shooting around there, but we're also going to Radwood. If you want to go right now to our website under the Adventures tab, you can actually be a part of the meetup dinner that we're having the night before Radwood at an artist's facility that is a follower of the show. Thank you, Andrew. Color Cartel is going to be uh, hosting us, and then he's going to be painting a car at Radwood. It's like a whole yeah. insider deal going on. We'd love to have you with us. Well, shoot. i got to dive into my members-only jacket collection to select which one. I, I think you're going to be more like grunge on the grunge side. I don't know what I'm going to wear. No, I'm going to figure it out. You're right, 91. But I'm yeah. definitely in the day glow or you know, something members-only. You're right. I in, need in to go era. full grunge. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of because I, I was early wear, 90s. I need to wear you're flannel. You're right. Lots Untucked of flannel. flannel. Do you have any on my flannel? Ex- no, of course not. <laughs> I have nothing from the 80s or 90s that I could wear, with the possible exception of my weird hair. That's really the only thing that he's even close to, period. So we'll see. Yeah. I want some Dayglow something. Anyway, we got to go shopping. We now have an auto parts partnership with carparts.com. Carparts.com is the smarter way to shop for auto parts. Their fast, mobile-friendly experience makes it easy to shop for the parts you need when you need them. Just enter the year, make, and model of your vehicle. Start shopping and start saving. It's that simple. CarParts.com stocks their own inventory, cutting out the middleman and passing the savings on to you. And they're offering even more savings for our audience. Whether you've been in a collision, working on your project car, or need to catch up on maintenance, visit CarParts.com slash EverydayDriver for 10% off of $100 or more on select brands. Get the right parts right now at carparts.com. Flavio from Boston sent us one of the longest emails I think we've ever seen. Yes, it almost came with chapters. I was scrolling and I was reading and I, and I thought, I'm almost done. And then I realized it started a whole new section. I thought I was like, I'm reaching the Surprise. end of the email. No, You're no, not done. now we're starting again. Yeah, Flavio, we're teasing you, but thank you for writing. We really appreciate listening. And I'm glad that you've been able to start discovering and through this gigantic long email, Mm -hmm. start to weed out what you like and what you don't like. Yeah, for sure. But let's start off with the summary. Yep. 
Up top, Flavio asks, how can he have the most fun out of mundane daily drives, such as going for groceries and mm. driving the kids around, while seeking spicier compliments, like getting into the world of autocross, taking racing lessons, and paying an eventual visit to the Porsche Experience Center? I like it. That's great thoughts. Great thoughts. Flavio is Brazilian-born. He's 46 years old. He grew up in Brazil, lived about four years in Switzerland in his late 20s and early 30s, and has now settled in a suburb of Boston for the last five years. He's married. He says his woman, his minister of finance, has many wonderful qualities, but one major flaw. She's not at all a car enthusiast. <laughs> she is car tolerant. That's and what that she is, is okay. Yeah, it is for sure. Absolutely. He's a father of two teens, youngest as a freshman at high school, and he believes he was born with a disease, which Probably. hit him early. He was watching Formula One with his dad and following Nelson Piquet mm. in his first world championship. Wow, cool. Of course, he followed F1 and IndyCar for years, waking up at 3 a.m. for the Australian Grand Prix. <laughs> His dream car as a three and a half or three or four year old was a remote controlled car. And he says a lot of his car video consumption is around cars, but frequent visits to marketplaces having absolutely no intention to trade cars or buy cars. Well, that, that makes it official. That we, we all do that. We just, I, I was looking to this morning. I was yeah. looking and just I going, why, uh, yeah, why is this happening? Yeah. But most importantly, he loves driving good ones, of course, but he says, he disagrees with Todd. Commuting cannot be fun. Although I don't re ever remember saying, did you say commuting cannot be fun? Well, I've talked about the fact that commuting isn't fun. Like if I, if I, if I commute on the 405, I wouldn't have a Lotus. I've talked about that before well, yeah, right. because I think there are some cars that just, they're just too punishing when you're on a commute. But yes, you can definitely have a more fun commute and a less fun commute depending upon the car you chose. I don't think he and I are that sure. far off base as he thinks think, we are. I mean, I, I don't really think commuting is fun. I, it's not. I'm not over here in the commuting is fun camp. Follow no. me, everybody. No, no. Where's all the people? Cars that are interesting can make the commute no. better, but there are certainly cars, Lotus Elise being an example, that you just don't want to commute in. Yeah, of course. Well, Flavio says he's well off financially, but conscious on spending. Mm, he okay. says a bit thrifty, and he's not a do-it-yourselfer. So peace of mind is of great value. Car must run is the subtext there. There will be no <laughs> wrenching, Flavio. From his background history, he's owned some fun cars. Mm -hmm. He had a year 2000 BMW Z3. He had a 98 Subaru Impreza Turbo Sportback. Mm -hmm. He had, as a company car, a 2013 BMW 335M rear-wheel drive. He loved this car. Mm -hmm. At the time, he had small children, and he says he was in Sao Paulo at the time. Mm. What was interesting is your sentence here, Flavio, where you said your friends thought you were crazy to drive that car in Sao Paulo without doing the armor plating on it. Yes. Wow. He refused to do mm -hmm. it and ended up selling it and trading down, but I bet you it was because of weight. Oh, it's, that, it would have ruined it for weight, for sure. This was the thing. Uh, side note. I haven't been a lot of places in the world, but when I was working for New Line and we were doing Lord of the Rings, we had different random secret screenings, different places. And I happened to go to Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's right. I remember that. Which is a, a massive city. It is a it is a sprawling metropolis, okay? We'd recommend helicopters. Tens of millions yeah. of people live there, okay? Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. I have never seen... I know India exists and other places that are worse, but my personal experience, that was the worst traffic experience I've ever seen. Mm. Multiple situations of being in gridlock, stop and go on a four-lane freeway where stopped going walking pace. However, out of those four lanes are six lanes of cars. Insane. Painted for four. Wow. We have six lanes going. And then you have the guys on scooter doing delivery among that. I was flabbergasted is the best word I can come up. I, I literally was like, I, I must leave here, must get out of here. And we drove by multiple dealers. I remember the dealers would go by and they would be just armored car dealers. Mm. They, they didn't have a brand. It wasn't like, here's a BMW dealer. It's like, we have a BMW and a Rolls and a random car here. And they're all armored. What we sell is armored versions of right. cars. right. And I, the people, I, the, all of our fixers were telling all kinds of stories about, you know, cars getting broken into. And, and I, I remember asking about it. I was like, armored cars? Like, yeah. It's a thing. people have them, for sure. sure. So, wow. I applaud you for not armor plating that car and surviving because I'm sure that car was far better without the armor plating. But I also, oh, yeah. I get it. I totally get it. It's interesting. Well, I was there in uh, 07. My cousin got married in That's Rio. Right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't spend any time in Sao Paulo, but Rio was kind of the same way, but not to the extent, you know, that kind of traffic. But we were in Ipanema and... Of course, Copacabana Beach went to the Copacabana Hotel. Of course you did. Rolling Stones had played there, and people still talk about it. Huh, then they were like, yeah, when the Rolling Stones came and played on the beach, <laughs> we had like two million people out here. It's like, wow, I had no idea. So, you know, I, I've got a fondness for Brazil 
Flavio and sure. uh, just the culture and, and yeah, your, your email definitely stood out. So Flavio also had a Volkswagen Golf GTI Mark seven. Mm-hmm. He liked that a lot, but then we moved to Boston. He's down to two cars. Before you move on, I should note to the audience, we are doing them a favor. We have skipped already about two pages worth of cars that weren't <laughs> worth mentioning. Okay, we have just hit the good ones in this yeah, thing. And yeah, now yeah. we finally landed in Boston five years ago to buy what's current. Well, it's important to establish the, the good summary. Stuff. The good Here's stuff. Here's the current. Sure. Absolutely. Let's look to the future. Yes, yes, for sure. All right. Well, Flavio, his wife currently has a 2018 Volvo XC90. She likes it. Well, actually, she loves it. She likes it a lot, yeah. But his kids are starting to grow up. He's starting to think for the future, and he's starting to filter out really the things he likes out of the fun car. Mm. And his car is 2016 Audi TTS, bought with less than 500 miles. He said it is the all-wheel drive, four-cylinder turbo, yes, mm-hmm. 20s on P0s. He says when he got to Boston, this was his time to have a sports car, and this is yeah. what he got. Yeah, yeah. But then he realized later after moving to New England, he thought he needed all-wheel drive, but realized he doesn't. <laughs> that is great. We all think we need all-wheel drive because that's what Subaru has told us. That's right. We've all listened to Subaru who's at all-wheel drive. We've all gone, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will get all-wheel drive. <laughs> well, Flavio wanted a 2 plus 2 so he could use it more often with the family, and he did right. yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. But then the kids grew up, and now he just drives with a passenger, mm-hmm. his dog or a kid or his wife. Yeah. Just one person with him at most. Yeah. Most of the time, it's just him. Yeah. He says, very few situations he cannot use his TTS. He likes how it looks. He mm-hmm. likes the cockpit, well mm-hmm. designed, engaging. I get loves that. the car. It's yep. great. Delightful to drive. But his frustration is that he can't use all of it. Mm-hmm. He's had some happy days doing road trips and convertibles, professional go-karting, Rotax mm-hmm. engines. Interesting. Despite a couple of broken ribs. Holy cow. That was a serious day, yeah. And he did get to visit Pacatel. And had the mid-engine versus rear-engine experience. So you drove the Cayman and the 911 at Porsche Experience Atlanta. That's very cool, and that is a fantastic comparison. Absolutely. It really is. But look at this. He came away thinking, well, it's great to be able to drive a 911 hard. Mm-hmm. But then his instructor said it's better to drive a slow car fast than a fast car slow. That is quite true. His, his big question about the 911 was, wow, it's great here when all I'm doing is driving it as hard as I possibly can. What happens when I sit still in Boston traffic and am I going to be glad I have one of these? That was his big question for sure. Well, he says most of his driving is through countryside town roads, twisty, okay. well-paved, yeah. and interesting. But then, you know, the straight lines, the freeways. He couldn't find nice back roads where he can really drive the TTS hard. He's got to go kind of far from home to do it. Mm. And he's heard of track days, of course, but he's just wondering how hard is that going to be on the the Audi and the cost? Because remember, he's a thrifty guy. Mm -hmm. And so when we describe about going through tires and the Audi's going to chew through tires and brakes, Mm -hmm. for sure, he's just thinking, "Ah, how would I carry a separate set of wheels and tires? How would I just get the most out of it and, and getting on track? But he did find out about autocross. And he says he wants to go down that rabbit hole, but he kind of missed things, the schedule right now. So he's still thinking about it. And then when his kids go to college, youngest in three or four years, he wants to do nice road trips with his wife and the dog, coast to coast, serious track fun, and maybe moving away from Boston, but we'll see. But what he wants to do is get the most fun out of these daily drives. Mm, Oh, we all do. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. This is, you know, not any, it's not what any of us aren't thinking about. True. He's broken down what he thinks are the options. Option one, he calls the incumbent, which is essentially he has the TTS. He likes the TTS. Just keep it, drive it, take it to autocross, call it a day. He said it's not worth a ton of money now. He, he realized that he could just, that is obviously a place he could stay. He could trade in the TTS for something more fun or just different and similar fun or he could, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. He could have a third car. He says, you know, for the kids, not for the kids, for him. He could get a third car for the kids and just kind of throw it all out and just get something small, light, interesting and claim it's for the kids and teach them manual transmission, maybe, but mainly it's just, I got a separate little fun car. And then his wild card. He gave us a wild card. I love it. you're thinking this far ahead. I agree. He said, what if, what if I convinced my wife 
to get rid of her XC90, and we got something fun as the family car. By the way, that is an Ooh. uphill battle, by the way, Flavio. I don't even know your wife. I'm just telling you right now, welcome to being Sisyphus. That is an uphill battle all the way. He said, you know, it would make road tips more engaging. He's, what about, I love this, what about a Panamera Sport Turismo? I, his brain just went off. He just found the fun. He said, I could get an RS6 wagon. What, 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 else, what else should I look at? He said, I don't want an SUV. What if we got a fun family car? Um, See what happens when you free your mind, Flavio? I, I agree. I don't know that that's going to happen, but I love that that's one of the options here. This might be a GR86-free podcast. It, it might. Because he says he's not interested in it because mm-hmm. it's a minor lateral move away from the great Audi's cockpit. He likes that interior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Likes feeling that quality, feeling luxury. There's, there's no question that the 86 is going to feel like a downgrade in interior quality for sure. It's going to feel much better. It's not an 86-free podcast. It's going to feel much better in dynamics, but I, I get that that TTS has made a real impression for sure. Absolutely. So we'll leave that aside. But he's given us a list of other cars that he could go buy. Mm-hmm. And it's a long list from the Autos, Corvettes, and Mustangs, and Minis, and 911s, and Boxers, and Jaguar F-Types, and BMW 235Is, and M3s, and M4s, and all of the usual suspects. Did we mention that this is a lengthy email? It is a lengthy... There, there is, he has broken this down. <laughs> what, what, what's great about this, Flavio, and many of you have done this as well, is that you have used your email to us as your personal debrief. Yeah. You have yeah. gotten it down on paper so you can look at it. And I want to encourage many of you because we get so many car debates and we thank you for sending them in. We Absolutely. get far more than we will ever cover. But I want to encourage all of you out there, even if you're just sending it and we don't cover it, I suspect that will still be helpful to you. Absolutely. It's because you're debriefing. You're, you're going, oh, I, and also this car. I mean, Well, you're reading what you just wrote. Yes. And think, do I feel that way? Has, is that me? He has talked about every one of these cars in detail. About, here's what I like, here's what I don't like. This, I mean, thought went into this, and I love it. He wants peace of mind, so not too old. But maybe it's an excuse to have an older, less comfortable technological car only for the fun. (laughs) Or less technological. He doesn't need a third car. He admits that. Mm -hmm. But the disease is strong. That's why you wrote to us, Flavio. For sure, absolutely, yeah. And this is a complex problem, and it requires maybe a complex answer. Because, let's just say, you get rid of the TT. Mm-hmm. Now, inherently, that's a front-wheel drive kind of feeling car. I yes. know it's all-wheel drive, yeah. but that chassis front-wheel drive is yeah. really just kind of a front-wheel drive. So in my mind, it's not really the true sports car. It's sports mm-hmm. car-like, mm-hmm. and it does fun sports car things, but it's not really the true thing that will satisfy that itch. Mm-hmm. And so I've approached this complex problem with three approaches. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Because... Step one, or number one, is the one car to rule them all. It's to continue to, okay, I have my TT for a while, and then I move on to the next thing, have that for a number of years, and then move on to the next thing. And it doesn't increase your driving experiences, even though you have done a few, but it doesn't increase the amount, the number of cars that you've driven Mm -hmm. to really decide. But then once you do decide, you're still stuck in the one car to rule them all. Yeah, yeah. So let's go to step two. You own a constantly rotating fun car, mm. but it's a lower price. It's mm-hmm. really low. It's kind of what we did with the cheap car challenge, 8,000. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe your budget is a little bit higher, Yeah, yeah but yeah. you come up with your own challenge and you give yourself time limits. Going to have this for a year and a mm, half. I see where you're going. Yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll look for a new thing and we'll just continue to rotate through. And your TT can be, you know, you can love that car and say goodbye to it. Mm, interesting. And then you can get the next thing and love that car and say goodbye to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually, even though you said forty to $45,000 is your target market, but you also said you're well off. Or He said the budget can be very flexible. It's flexible. And, 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 and it could be quite high. I mean, he, he doesn't want to show off, but he has admitted right, right. that he's given us a budget because that's what feels really comfortable. He could be way above that financially could make it make sense. We just have to make it make sense to him. Exactly. Yeah. If you can you know, stomach this, but I don't want to go too high because what I'm thinking is not one car. Okay. I'm thinking of two cars. Oh, interesting. All right. So you would end up with three cars total. Okay. But this is maybe the moment in time car for you. Mm. Or more precisely, this is going to be the end of the road car. This is going to be a cul-de-sac car, at least one of them. Okay. 
And then the other slot is taken up by something else to rotate some cool cars through for road trips. And in doing all of this, I am leaving your Minister of Finance's XC90 aside. <laughs> Let's solve yours first. Yes, for sure. Then I, I we'll totally tackle her. That. Yep, yep. So she's happy with it. She likes it. Mm-hmm. Let's not change that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But for this A and B car for you, first of all, I want you to start investigating. And if you can drive them, the most hardcore, stripped down, lightweight thing you can buy. Hmm. Caterham 7310R, Whoa. an Ariel Adam or a Nomad, a Lotus Elise or an Exige, mm. or maybe an Exomotive Exocet, which is like a Miata without all that weight. <laughs> because those Miatas are bloated. They we got to strip a Miata down. Fat, that thing's just way things. too fat. Yeah. I want you to own some four-wheeled vehicle that requires you to wear a helmet when you drive it. That's funny. I it see where you are. It yeah. is so lightweight and stripped down and mm-hmm. out there. And it's street legal, so you can go track it. You can go autocross with it. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's such a hardcore thing that it scratches that itch like no other car will. Interesting. Okay, all right. But then this B slot is left for the mid-engine sports car, a mid-range sports car. New or old, moderately comfortable. Keep your TT for a while. Keep it. Then go get a GR Supra. Then go get a GR86. Then get an M2 mm-hmm. and a Boxster and a Cayman and a Z4 and a Nissan Z and all the rest of them Run through your in list. that yeah. forty to yeah, $60,000 yeah. range. Mm-hmm. But when it, when you're not wanting to drive that car and it's a hot day and it's a Saturday morning, you just, yeah, you got to get out. Look at this extra sharp tool you have mm-hmm. sitting in your garage to go do that with. It's good stuff. That really channels. But that is not the car you would take on a road trip. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. where you're going to fill with your wife and dog. Yeah, for sure. Or yeah, even for short, you know, kinds of things. This is a, this is a weapon. This is Flavio's weapon. This is plus. I just want to see you commute to downtown Boston just once and get to get to the office and take off a helmet. Take your helmet off. That's what I want to see. See what yeah. this does is, you can buy the helmet, but then you can get a custom paint job for your lid. There you go. <laughs> there you go. People will ask you about it, mm-hmm. and it's it's the special time. It's that is your thing. Can you get the helmet painted with the way you style your hair? So you're going to the office in a suit and a helmet that has your hair on it, and then you take it. You're like totally. a Lego guy. You take it off, and it's your hair again. It's oh, perfect. that's great. Yeah, anyway. Or just the Lego helmet itself. Yeah, just a big Lego head. I would totally do that. Yeah, for sure. So this thing is the car that will always be with you because it's the end of the line. Mm. Nothing will be lighter or sharper or more dramatic Interesting. than that okay. car. So that is the one. You can always hang on to wrench on it, track it, Mm. drive it. And then this other rotating thing that you'll get to try all these new experiences. Mm. Because if I tell you to just go get a Mercedes AMG GT, you would like that car. It's very cool. You'd like it. It'd be Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. It's not an autocross car. Not. You can track it, Mm -hmm. but you know, great for the road trips, but then you'd be like, okay, what's next? What else is out there? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want you to have this ability to have something that satisfies your need, the channeling Nelson Piquet, watching F1 with your dad. I like it. That's good. And feeling that. Mm. And then the the rotating, whether it's cheap, whether it's expensive, doesn't matter. But just something that allows you to try other cars, but you know you still have this scalpel over here. This is good. What's fascinating about this, Flavio, is as we've always said, we don't, we don't check in. In spite of all the talking we do before the podcast starts, we don't check in on what are you doing for this podcast. We just both dive in. Right, right. And Paul and I did not duplicate each other. However, we were struck by the same things in your email. So there are mm. some similarities mm. in our solves here. One thing I want to jump back to okay. real quick is that when you moved to Switzerland in 2004, you bought yourself a year 2000 BMW Z3. That BMW Z3 was one of the biggest highlights of your massive list. So that really struck me. The other thing that struck me, in all of your breakdowns, and, and you, I mean, Paul listed them off rapid fire, you did list just about every car we could possibly come up with for you. Mm-hmm. And you wrote a paragraph about every one of them about what about this and your pros and your cons. And in almost every case, it just comes back to that TTS as a reference point. Yeah. Yeah. So here's where I went. I, I love your idea of your wife stepping out of her XC90 into a super fun family hauler. And I don't think that's where you should focus your efforts. <laughs> right. I, I think, look, she's happy. The car works. Let's just stay right there for now. Exactly. Ain't broke. Don't fix it. Let's leave it there. I do like that. I also think you keep your TTS for now. 
Okay. Because here's my challenge. Here's okay. what's interesting. I think what you need is a slow transition to find out what you like and what kind of driver you are on the daily. Because your big headline question at the front was you want to make your daily commute as fun as possible. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then as we get into the subtext, you want to be autocrossing and doing other really more hardcore things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you don't know, what you haven't discovered yet is how hardcore do you want to commute? And the answer is you have no idea. You've broken down 911s and Corvettes and all the, the sure. Miatas, 86s. You've broken them all down of pros, cons. You, you're, you're throwing darts at the wall, but you're really getting into the minutia of those cars compared to your TTS. So your TTS stays for now. You said you've got a pretty good budget. So what I'm going to spend is 2025 of your money. Okay. Because you could spend, you say, easily 40, 45. You said you could spend more than that. It's going to spend 20, 25. And that's if the TT goes away. Totally. But maybe not. Yes. But, you, but, but you've got enough flexibility in your budget that it suggests to me that if the TTS stays, you could probably pull off 2025. Sure. Okay. Sure, so sure. I'm just going to play in that world. Because here's what I'm going to challenge you with the TTS, how much can you let it sit? I, that's the reverse of my challenge most of the time because I want people to drive their cars. But. This is the car that you say does solve your needs. It is a car that you enjoy. You like being in it. It does everything you need it to do. It's fun. It's, it was your first big sports car purchase. Okay. It really did check all the boxes. Okay. And every time you go near another sports car, you go, but yeah, but this about the TTS. So, okay, leave the TTS. Let's buy something much more hardcore. And then my challenge to you is how much can you take the hardcore thing all the time? Mm. Okay. 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 But if you have a thing where you're just like, you know what? I don't like commuting in that. The TTS is sitting in the driveway. Very true. It may be the first time in the history of the podcast, nearly 700 episodes, that I'm encouraging you to let a car sit. (laughs) Until you want to drive it. Right. Right. Here's where I want to go. Okay. I think first choice for you, you need to buy a don't care car. Now, not not run down, not, not working. It needs to be a good example, but a car that... If it gets dirty or if it gets autocrossed or it gets covered in rubber or you ding it in the parking lot or, you know what, it's not running great, you don't care. It's here to be fun. Not broken down, but here to be fun. My first choice for you is the Honda S2000. Okay. This is a car that we've talked about before because it is a, it is a pinnacle for Honda car. It is totally unlike anything else you've owned. Huge wind out of the engine. The, the interior is dated, but the interior is stayed as well. It's it was it, this was the car that started push start. It's by the lasted way. a long time. It's, it's aged wonderfully yeah, yeah, well yeah. because it is simple but very very good. It actually you said one of the things you didn't like about a Miata is you didn't know if it had enough trunk space. Believe it or not, the S two thousand has a tiny bit more, mm-hmm. which is crazy mm-hmm. to say. That is a car that is going nowhere in value. Not that that's a reason to buy it, but it's going nowhere in value. It's just going to sit right where it is. But that is a very special car. You said you'd like to have manual transmission back in your life. One of the best ones ever. So buy yourself a nice, not the world's best, but a nice running well Honda S2000 Hmm. and then see if you can drive that every day of the year. And if you drive it for the next six months every day of the year, then you know what you can do? You've eased your way out of the TTS. Then you can sell that car. I see what you did. Interesting. You may get a month in and be like, I love this S2000, but I only want to use it for autocross and on weekends. And you know what? I'll keep driving the TTS. And then maybe you replace that. Right. You find the balance. But you don't know the balance. Mm. And you keep throwing it against the TTS. So the TTS stays. You buy yourself a Honda S2000 by first choice. You could. I got two alts. You could get yourself another Z3. Such a pinnacle car for you. And they're so cheap now. Get a Z3. I love Z3. Relive those memories of having that car and driving it around Switzerland. Boston's not Switzerland. I get it. But how much could you drive that car? Interesting. Could you daily that and like it again? That is a moment in time car for you. It's your car of the past. You loved it. Try another one of those. And then, yes, your alt is not a 911. It's a Porsche Boxster. Get a 987. Spend yourself 2025. Get a 987. That is roughly 05 to 2012 range of the Boxster, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get yourself an S if you can, six-speed convertible. That is going to have the nice German interior quality that you want from your Audi in a car that is not your Audi. And you're going to feel, look, you're going to go from German front-wheel drive, biased all-wheel drive, to German rear-wheel drive, mid-engine, mm-hmm. convertible, Exciting. all of the above. Exciting. So that's another good one as well. I think one of those three cars is your choice to buy it. a don't-care, small, light rear-wheel drive car and then find that balance mm. because I think you'll I, – I, fully believe in six months you'll know if the TTS can go or not. Interesting. All right, Flavio, I really hope this is helpful. You've got two different approaches. We want you to get in different experiences. Absolutely. 
obviously when you find something, you like it, not much reason to change, but you're wanting change. And that's what's not written throughout your email. Mm-hmm, but so it's we clear. encourage you. Yeah. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars one search. This next car debate, I think, is a first in one major area. All right. I had to read it twice to really settle in on this reality. Okay. Kevin's writing in from Indiana. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, 700 podcasts. This is the first time anybody's written in because the thing they think they want is a smart car. <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. It is so different than everything else in, in Kevin uh, Kevin's garage with Maddie. Their their garage is nothing at all like a smart car. But for whatever reason, his wife Maddie has just gone. I'd like a smart car, and here we are. We're going to entertain that Kevin. Kevin is twenty two. He lives in Northwest Indiana. He has pondered countless debates in his head for work at hours on end, and the opportunity has appeared that his fiance Maddie, sorry fiance, yes, has picked up a sniff of the car bug. Mm. <laughs> She caught the disease she, from you. She caught a very specific strain that led her to the smart car. She wants one. Mm-hmm. Here's the current garage. It's a Mopar showroom. It is. And he loves it. 2013 Challenger RT six-speed manual. It's paid off. Okay. 2017 Ram 1500 quad cab four-wheel drive Hemi. Paid off. Okay. 17, 2017 Chrysler 300 Limited all-wheel drive, which is Maddie's. Paid off. These are this is recent Mopar too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and a 2018 Kawasaki Ninja 400. He's only got two years left on that loan. <laughs> They're in a good place. They are. And They're doing well. Kevin yeah. is 22. Yeah, I I am shocked by this. Yeah, he's been debating a personal garage consolidation by selling both the Ram and the Challenger and buying a Ram SRT10 with the six-speed. You remember this? Mm, I do. It's a truck engine that went to a car, and now the engine is back in a truck, and they put yes. a six-speed manual transmission. It is a Viper-powered truck. Yes. I, I, it's, it's one of those things, like the current TRX or the current Raptor. It's one of those things that right. nobody asked for, and we get in it, and we go, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> But this looming issue with spending almost double his current fuel consumption and losing his four-wheel drive capability for a Northwest Indiana winter has swayed him away from that beautiful Viper truck. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, 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 wait. We have in one email two things I don't think have ever come up before. A smart car Uh and the Ram SRT 10 Viper truck Uh in the same email from the same person. Uh Kevin, this is quite an accomplishment and I'm loving it. But then he goes completely away from that by saying he's been looking at Cayman S's. Sure, I see that through line. No, I don't. He's also been drinking the winter tire Kool-Aid, which is not Kool-Aid because it is real. It's it's, it's great. Everybody yes. comments like, wow, well, yeah, I, I tried winter tires and there's a dramatic difference. I know, Welcome. it's shocking. Yeah, good Welcome. to have you here, for we sure. We love it. Mm-hmm. He's not sure if he should go with it or not, but since he's got a truck, a muscle car, and a motorcycle... And he wants to drive everything. Should he go down the Cayman route? Should he try something new? Yeah, he says it's hard for me to be concerned about the potential cost of owning a Cayman when you have these kind of toys in the garage. Yeah, for sure. Now, as we've established, Maddie wants this smart car. He's open-minded about it since it would be an addition and not a trade. Okay, so... <laughs> and a fun, quirky thing. So buying a smart car as the extra fun car. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. The most expensive smart near him is $18,000. They're looking at cheaper ones, mm-hmm. and it's a quirky little runabout. She can put funky wraps on. Okay. I, this is the impotence. Mm. It's not the car. It's, I want to put wraps on a car. What car can I do it with? And you want the get, smallest car yeah. to be able to change wraps frequently. I also wonder, you don't say this. I'm reading in, does Maddie have a business where it's to her benefit to wrap her car? This is not mentioned. You're right. It's unknown. I, I wonder, but you're right. There's not a lot of real estate of a smart car. Plus, it has big, the sides that it has are big and slab-sided. You can put like a whole billboard on the back of it because it's just this, this billboard. It's like a bench size. It's like an advertisement on a bench. Exactly. You should put a realtor on the back. Anyway, so it's a whole separate thing. <laughs> now, Maddie's open to selling 300. 
getting a two car bundle. Okay. With the smart for about twenty or twenty five thousand dollars. All right. But Kevin asks, is he crazy to sell both of his vehicles, the Ram mm-hmm. and the Challenger? Yeah. And then go for about a thirty or thirty five thousand dollar budget for like a Cayman S mm-hmm. or something else. Mm-hmm. He says he's been so obsessed with this for his ten hour shifts in an ice cream freezer. Wow. I don't know quite where he works. Okay. But he's, he's saying he wants to come join us for a fun adventure. And if Please you go do. to the tab, we'd love to have you, Kevin. Yeah, for sure. Get the smart and drive it out. No, don't do that. No, yeah, maybe <laughs> you not. Will, you will not be happy when you get to Utah. Anyway. <laughs> he also recommends a drive on one of his four-hour circular drives called the Schweinfiltering it's, in, it's in the Indiana. It's the Indiana thing that is supposed to be supposed to be like the Nürburgring, yeah. but bigger. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he says weather permitting. All right. Well, it's, uh, it's down to the rap wars. Oh, okay. Rap Wars. I like it. That's yeah. good. All right. I think you should, Kevin. Because just by virtue of you writing to us, you've wanted to sell those two cars. Interesting. You haven't okay. told us, but you wrote to us. Yeah. And said, yeah, yeah. should He's I do it? on it. You're right. Well, That's of course, good. the answer is yes, because you're thinking about it already. Mm-hmm. I love that you have had these cars and they're paid off. Mm, that's amazing. You might be able to walk with some money that you never thought Surprises you Surprises you. Yeah. Right now. Mm-hmm. And I love that you've dedicated yourself to the Mopar thing, the Mopar garage. Big and time. you got the, you know, everything except for the Kawasaki. But nevertheless, yeah. I do think you need something to scratch the small fun car itch mm-hmm. that isn't the smart car. <laughs> <laughs> I believe, if memory serves, we drove an early smart car early, early on in the show. By the way, this is our 15th year doing this show. Paul and I were just talking about Can't that. Can't believe that. Come to July will be our 15th anniversary of posting content related to this show. And that astounds me. That means the Amazing. show can almost drive for itself. Oh, don't do that. Anyway, but we drove a smart car early on. And I believe if memory serves, what I said about it was that the transmission was so bad, it felt like there was a dwarf behind you building your next gear. Yeah. Because it was just like a little gnome back there building a gear because it was it could not believe how badly it shifted. Yes. That car made an impression on both of us. Mm. I liked it because it was, um, you know, in the Museum of Modern Art. And, you know, I liked the crash structure. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Todd called it, uh, you know, you're the pink thing in the middle that goes punching through the whatever accident. But nevertheless. Mm, there, there, was, there were comments. People like smart cars. Fine. Kevin, I don't think a Cayman S is for you. I see nothing mm. in your email that indicates a Cayman is for you. Except for you're looking at small, mid-engine cars. Okay. All right. Plus, you're Mopar guy. Sure. The car for you is an Alpha 4C, my friend. Whoa, I did not see that coming. Alpha 4C. I mean, awesome, but Keeps wow. it in the Mopar garage family kind he's, of thing. He's Stellantis related, yes. And if we really want to tie a through line, okay. the smart car is from the Daimler Chrysler era. Oh, look at you. No, it's more on the Mercedes yeah, side, the you. Daimler side. Technically, yeah, I get it you. was during that mm-hmm. kind of era. And so therefore, if you get a smart car, it's going to also keep it in the family. I am astounded you went there, but I can't I can't fight back. Yeah, I get it. I think you should keep the truck for now. If you could just do the Alpha 4C, maybe you can't. Mm-hmm. But I love if you could sell your Challenger because it's a large, heavy muscle car. Yeah, yeah. Go have a completely different experience. By the way, you're 22 and you have a lot of time to go have a new Absolutely, experience. Absolutely, yes. But get an Alpha 4C because when you said Cayman S, I didn't see any track driving, canyon driving, you know, sure. specific yeah, yeah. kind of driving. Yeah. All I saw was I want a different experience and I'm looking at fun, small, mid-engine cars. Mm. That's what the Alpha 4C will do for you. Okay. It's right. kind of like owning a small Ferrari. I think you yeah. would take a lot yeah. of pride of ownership. It would be unique. I think you'd love it. And then for now, because of the Northwest Indiana winners and you're loath to part with your truck right now, keep your truck, mm-hmm. keep that thing, mm-hmm. but sell that Chrysler. That way you're down to three cars. Yeah. Alpha 4C, a big Ram truck, and a smart car. <laughs> a smart car. And it's still a Mopar garage, I which I think you'll you like. That. I'm fascinated. I'm very, very impressed. <laughs> if Maddie needs, if it's a big snowstorm, she needs to get somewhere. She can take the truck. Yeah. If it's a such a huge snowstorm, neither of you can take your fun cars. You'll figure it out with the truck. Yeah. Because you yeah. got the truck. But then when on those days when the roads mm-hmm. are clear, it's cold out, the truck stays home. Yeah. And both of you now can get your cars wrapped and you can have a wrap war. There there it is. I did not expect you to go there, but I do like it. That's very good. Funky wrap wars with your fiance. 
Awesome. I, what's interesting is that Paul and I had some initial, very sim, a lot of similarities here in what to do with your current garage. I went somewhere different with what replaces it. But I agree. You have said enough things about the, the usability of your truck and what you need it for that I don't think you get the SRT RAM. Don't do that. Keep no. your current Hemi truck for truck things. That's the one 2017 and it's paid off. Absolutely. But done. done. All of that's good. Yeah. You sell the Challenger, you sell the 300. Now we're exactly. getting both you guys a car. We got to get Maddie <laughs> something fun. She wants something fun, small, quirky, and she landed on smart car. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to say? Um, Toyota IQ? <laughs> I, no, no, I'm not. Actually, I've got, I've got two other options, okay. two other good options that I okay. like better. Because All right. my big question for you, Kevin, and actually Maddie, my big question for you is, have you driven the smart car? Do you do you? I, I get the sense that you're looking at this on photos and going, "That's cute. I want to drive that." Yeah, it's not good to drive, and I'm saying that very objectively. It's it's not good to drive. It is a yeah. great idea that the guy that started Swatch Watches decided to make cars, and then he lost buckets of cash. And so Mercedes says, "We'd like to lose buckets of cash doing that." So they bought the company, and then they bought they lost buckets of cash. Yeah, it doesn't drive well. It, it just doesn't. And it's, and you feel quite exposed in that car. So I want to encourage you to drive one to see if it's right. If you drive it and you think it's still a laugh riot, then yes, get a smart car. I'm not going to say don't get it. Absolutely. But I, but I really want you to have time in it first mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I, because I also want to free you up for, if you have looked at it from afar and gone, that's perfect. Then if you drive it and you hate it, that's okay. This is what drives are about. Very true, and I'm with you on that. But the reasons for buying it or, or being interested in it might not be around the driving They might not be. Experience. I have two other small, quirky things I want you to consider that you could wrap, <laughs> that would also be small to wrap, that are both better to drive, and I think are more interesting than the smart car. Okay. And they couldn't be more different than each other. One is the BMW i3. Okay, fair enough. And the other is a Mini Cooper. I could see the Mini Cooper, yeah. So yeah. I want you to consider both of those as an alternate, Maddie, to getting a smart car. If the smart car wins, smart car wins, I get it. Wrap mm -hmm. it in something mm -hmm. crazy. Maybe it's for a business. I don't know. But Ocean I want you to, Mist Metallic uh, yeah, or something. I want you to drive other things before you lock yourself into that. And then, Kevin, I, I don't know about the Cayman S either, but it's clear, and Paul and I both connected to it. What you're looking for is a reset. You're looking for a small, lightweight, good to drive, which mm -hmm. is not something you've had. And, and you've enjoyed what you have. Right. It's but fine. you're looking for a total reset. I think the Cayman S is great, but I think the Cayman S might be too much right now. I think you yeah. go simpler. Yeah. Cheaper, simpler, less powerful, because I want to pull you back into what is great to drive about the opposite of the Challenger. Mm. Challenger's big muscle car, the growl, the engine, the feel, the attitude. Let's strip all of that away mm -hmm. and see if you can still have fun. So I'm going to say, yes, drive a Miata. You didn't bring it up at all. I'm guessing you probably know I'm going to say it. And I'm wondering if you're already having an adverse reaction to the fact I even said Miata. <laughs> Maybe. So my question for Maybe. you is, surprise yourself. Just go drive a Miata. Just go drive a Miata and say to yourself, is this fun to drive? Not any preconceived notions. Just mm -hmm, is it fun? Mm -hmm. Because I bet you it will be. Also, you don't like the Miata. You want something a little more American feeling. How about a turbo solstice or sky? Interesting. 260 yeah. horsepower turbo motor. You haven't had a turbo. This is a small convertible. It's American made. It is much better than people think it is. And they are crazy cheap. Get yourself a turbo solstice or sky. I think you would thoroughly enjoy that car. If you're... Leaning, I want mid-engine and small. Don't do Cayman. Do Toyota uh, Spider, the MR2. Yeah. Now, that's super quirky, but it is more interesting <laughs> than the Miata, and it gets you into mid-engine for a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the maintenance. You know, a smart parked behind an MR2 might still be shorter than your truck, I, and it, you can get all three I bet you it's in shorter. your garage. I bet you it's shorter than the Challenger. Yeah. <laughs> Those two combined, the smart car is shockingly it's short. short. You're right. That and the MR2 and could part nose to tail, and, you, a, and you've got a whole a space left. Garage. You're right. That's great. I love that. Still solved. So there's that. And then I also think you didn't mention this car, and I have to bring it up, the first Gen 86 chassis. Just just drive it. Drive it, and you might surprise yourself. I think the MR2 Spider or the Solstice or Sky are the answer for you, but the, the big thing for me is you need to go the opposite of the Challenger experience. 
go something small, yeah, lightweight, for sure. much more focused in being yeah. a small, lightweight car than anything you've had before. Because I think it's going to educate you so much. You'll know if you want a Cayman or what Cayman you might want, or do you want to go 911 or what's the future? Because again, you're 22. Exactly. Kevin, Maddie, write to us. Send photos. Send photos <laughs> of the wraps too. Yeah. Curious. Every winter, we find ourselves tracking snow, salt, and grime into our cars. Thankfully, Covercraft has a variety of floor mats to keep you winterproof. Covercraft floor mats and cargo mats are custom-fitted to your exact car and include the original equipment security grommets if applicable. They're the perfect and durable way to protect your car's carpet and add style and comfort to your interior. Plus, you can choose from many color and material options to complement or contrast the interior colors of your car or truck. Covercraft is sure to have what you need. They offer plush carpet, Berber carpet, or even sheepskin, which is warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Whatever mats you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY22 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com. Joseph C. writes to us, actually an email here. He's recently gotten into podcasting while at work. Joseph, thank you so much for writing. Appreciate it. His daily is a 2012 Wrangler with basic mods, but he's writing because he has not heard us talk very much about kit cars. Mm. He was watching a video and came across a DF Goblin, and so he immediately fell in love and wanted wants to build one. But okay. the question is, would he be better off taking that twelve thousand plus dollars it would cost him and invest in something else? Currently, there is no MOF approval. <laughs> <laughs> First, you got to get that MF, MOF approval. You got to mm-hmm. get the doctor's note before you come to us. You, you definitely do because that could be squashed quite rapidly. The big question I have that relates to the MOF approval is: Do you have a hole in your garage that you can put something for a long period of time? Indeed, that will not result in a fight. It's not going to be twelve thousand dollars because when you put together a kit car, you're going to think, uh, "I want to customize this. I want to have that part plated. I want to do this. I want to have that polished. I want to paint this." Not only is the length of the build time increased. Mm-hmm. But your dollars, your outgo goes up. And so kit cars are awesome. They are very fun. Yes. But the thing with kit cars is you very rarely get to go drive one to actually see if you like it. Mm. Now, the recipe is there. And generally speaking, the right parts, small, lightweight, sure. Yes. It's probably going to be fun. But what if you build it? Year goes by. Heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears, money. You build it. And it's not the greatest thing ever mm. because you didn't get a chance to drive it first. That is a question. There's not a whole lot of, a lot of test drives going on of your local kit car. Yeah. We've recommended them occasionally, but we're cautious about doing that because yeah. of the realities yeah. of kit cars. You still have to service it yourself. You're not taking it to a dealer. You're not taking it to an independent mechanic unless that independent mechanic is a close friend. <laughs> and is perfectly happy with you bringing him a kit car. Yes. And so therefore... The reality is most kit cars will kind of sit. Mm. What's crazy. We want you to drive the car you have, not, well, it still needs this. It still needs that. It still needs something. Mm -hmm. And therefore it sits and doesn't do the thing you envisioned it to do in the first place. You know, what's crazy about this question. And I thought about this with the, uh, the factory five, eight, one, eight, that is like the kit car version of Lotus Elise. What's crazy is one of the ways to get those cars to buy somebody else's. Yeah, there's a form. Sometimes people yeah. will build these things and then unload yeah. them for whatever reason. And then you can get a test drive of a pre-built one. That's a possibility as well. Yep. The the big thing this taps into with me, and I've mentioned it before, is you have turned yourself into your own R&D department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This isn't exactly like I want it to be, and therefore I'm going to do. What's the end of that sentence? I don't even know. It depends on the car. It depends on you. It depends on what you like and what you think you like. <laughs> Money gun, cash cannon. You could go out the door. You know, I think this needs a shock change, but what you really need is different tires. You don't know that till you try one. Right. This is this is the problem with kit cars, and and I say this. Watch our one of our most recent YouTube episodes where we drove, and I called them out as fake because let's be honest, they aren't real. But they are fantastic replicas. The 356 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we drove, the, the Spider that was actually a Volkswagen chassis, and we drove a Factory 5 Daytona Coupe that was perfect. Yeah. It, was I don't think it's possible to sort a kit car better than that one was sorted. I was continually astonished by how good it was to drive. Watch that piece. But what was interesting about the Daytona specifically is one of the reasons it was so perfect is because it was a money-no-object build mm-hmm. built by the company. 
Yeah. Factory Five built it, and they know what they're doing because it's their kit. And so they did all the the the, the buyer was McKeel Haggerty, and he was he was getting it for Haggerty Company, mm-hmm. and they were spending all of the money to get it exactly right. And the Factory Five boys were doing that. And guess what? The result was spectacular. Yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, Joseph, you and us, none of us are the Factory Five guys. We've never built a kit car before, so you're doing a lot of well. Let's try this. And if you want to just try it, it's a different conversation. You're now picking a hobby. But I don't think what you'll end up with will be the greatest car ever, not for twelve grand. But he doesn't have MOF approval yet. Yeah, there's going to be a hole in your garage. Be careful. <laughs> Fight ensues. Yeah. Andrew Spratt asks, the best tire setup for a car that's autocross in the summer and daily driven year-round in a snowy climate, it's an ND2 Miata. He's leaning towards 200 treadwear tires in the summer and proper winters in the colder months. But he's concerned about the in-between times when it can mm. be either warm or cold. And he suggests the option that I think we're both on board with is those hardcore summer tires or even hardcore specific autocross tires Mm -hmm. and all weather tires rather than dedicated winter tires. Absolutely. Well, he he talks himself around his own answer because he said he could get Mm -hmm. dedicated autocross tires and then get in addition to summers and winters or maybe summer tires and all weather. Hang on. You've solved it, Paul. And that is get the tire that you want. That is the bubble gum tire. You're going to blow through for autocross or a fun Canyon run. That's on one set of wheels. Then you just get all weathers run all weathers. Every other time they work for shoulder seasons. They work for, Hey, it got hot today. They work for, for, for actual snow. They've got the triple peak on them. That's the point. This is the beauty of those tires and have two separate sets of wheels. Yes. That will solve the problem so much easier to change. But you won't need three. You won't need your summers, your winters, and your autocross tires. You can get by with the two. Absolutely. Jorge is calling me out kind of on your behalf. He says he just saw the beginning of our West Coast piece. Now, (laughs) West Coast episode one was just out on Motor Trend last week. Episode two is dropping tomorrow on Motor Trend. We hope you've seen both parts. If you haven't seen both parts, they are available on Amazon Prime. But in a few weeks, they are coming to YouTube as one piece with some extra stuff on it. So we'd love for you to watch it that way. But he said he's watching it, and he's watching my dear friend Paul struggle with his 928. And he's saying, is there... A script in here, the slow descent into madness. Oh, that's already started. Like the shining or falling down, but done with Paul behind the wheel of his 928. Yes, Jorge, you've mentioned it. Half the script's already written in my head, but it will never, (laughs) ever see the light of day. B. Dremel asks, what's worse for a car's paint? Rarely washing it. Yes. Monthly, quarterly, and bi-yearly as a few examples. Mm. Uh, Let's hope not, but taking it through an automatic car wash is the other option every now and then. Mm -hmm. Also, if time permits, how often should one wax their car? Twice yearly on the wax, Mm. at least once a year if possible, but hopefully twice yearly because you get the contaminants out. And that comes back to the washing. If you just simply keep it washed, when you say automatic car wash, do you mean like the brushy brush, the the, <laughs> the, the scrapey brush, horrible scratchy fingernails down the chalkboard kind of feel, or just the sprayers? Because if it's just sprayers, I recommend that all the time. It's you know, it just keeps the contaminants off as I, much as possible. I've been taking the 300ZX through the sprayers weekly this winter. Okay, good. But I will not be taking it through the brushes because the paint is, well, 30 plus years old and yeah, it's already yeah. bad. So the last thing I'm going to do is brush it off. Yeah. But please, please wash your car. I mean, for the sake of the car, <laughs> it's an object I know. Well, and, but- and you've heard this and it doesn't make any logical sense, but I fu- fully believe it to be true. Cars drive better when they're clean. Absolutely. I don't know why. There is no reason for it. Yes. But somehow the car is happy and it drives better. It, well, also, it'll keep your windows clean. Mm-hmm. And window, clear, clean windows help you be a better driver. Yeah, true. Because you can see. You're not trying to look through the haze of mist. Also, wipe the inside of your windshield. You will be surprised how much goo yes. is on the inside yes. of your windshield. Once you clear both sides of your windshield, you will be shocked how good of a driver you will become because you can see. It's amazing. (laughs) I know. I can see stuff. But if you just clean your windows and leave the rest of your car dirty, it's going to look weird. So get your car washed. Wow. Those windows are sparkling. Sparkling. What's wrong with the rest of the car? What color is that car? My dad is one of those people that used to clean the windows with the squeegee and then just go right onto the car. Just just kept going onto the car. 
I, Is it I sat through the that. dirty water down the side of the... Uh. I sat through that uh, scrubbing the car with the back of the oh, spongy brush. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah it's pretty awesome. Oh. I, I pulled into a gas station in the last year or so and saw somebody do it and I swear to you, I had a flashback to my childhood. I'd forgotten that memory <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, he's doing it right there. Just locked up, twitching. Seriously. Can't Ian Carey 556 on Instagram says, what method of watching the TV show is most beneficial for us? He says he likes to watch it as much as he can, but he does not have cable. He doesn't plan on getting cable just for our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. Don't, don't do that. Don't no do that. problem. Look, here, here's the interesting thing I, I hope all of you guys will hear and help us on. The reason we're able to do this show, the reason we're able to do our TV show at all and the YouTube stuff and, and have this be our life that we do and create all this content is because of our great sponsors. Yeah. And yeah. the sponsors show up because of the total numbers of viewers that we get across all the platforms. We have some sponsors that want to be on TV. We have some sponsors that want to be on YouTube, and TV doesn't matter. But when they hear that the TV episode that they sponsored is going to be on TV and Amazon Prime and YouTube, they get really excited. Mm -hmm. And also, those audiences don't cross over most of the time. Sometimes they do, but a lot of times they don't cross over. So the number one thing, and I know this sounds obvious, but, but I want to go one step beyond what I'm about to say. The number one thing is we just need you guys watching, and the more people watching, the better. I'm going to tell you the thing that helps us the most. You want to watch it on Amazon? That's your, your thing? Love that. You want to watch it on YouTube? Want to wait for the YouTube posting? That's fine. You have cable? Please watch it. All of those numbers matter because that helps us go to sponsors and say, here's the audience you're reaching, and that allows us to do it for a living. But I'm going to have one addendum. The last place the TV episodes wind up is YouTube. YouTube is 100% dependent on how well that piece does in the first 24 to 48 hours. So if you've seen it already before it comes to YouTube, I'm going to ask you a personal favor. Watch it again in the first 24 hours, 48 at the most, when it hits YouTube, because that will decide its trajectory on how much YouTube recommends it to others is what that first 24 hours does. So I'm just going to say, if our TV episode winds up on YouTube and you think, I kind of like that one at all, watch it again and share it with one person that you think, you know who likes these cars? They should see this too because this is going to help us reset our YouTube calibration and is huge for us. Most of the people that watch our YouTube channel are not subscribed. And that's not unique to us. That's actually pretty common on mm -hmm. YouTube. Yeah. But YouTube's yeah. decision on how much to push it to people that are not subscribed is subscribers and people that watch instantly, first 24, 48 hours. So if you'll help us there, that is the way you can help us the most. Matthew Robinson over on Twitter has been listening for a few years. Thank you. Really appreciate it, Matthew. But he's curious why we rarely recommend Audis, but often turn to Mercedes BMW. Any particular reasons? We had a guy keep a TTS today. Well, we did. We talked about <laughs> Audis. It's the platforms, Matthew. Mm. It's the platforms that spawn driver's cars. Oh, sure. Yeah. That TT is not really a it's dedicated a, it's driver's a car kind of platform. It's a golf. I it's hate golf to say underneath it, but it, yeah. it's shared with the Atlas and the yeah. Tiguan. It's the MQB Voltoreg. again. Yeah. Name, a, name a Volkswagen product. But then over here, BMW has still platform sharing, mm -hmm. as does Mercedes. But that 240i can't be ignored as a driver's car. Mm -hmm. That M2 is brilliant driver's cars yeah. and set up to be actually more fun. That's what we're always trying to extra extrapolate, which is even if it's a big sedan, but it's fun to drive. Okay. Mm -hmm. Audis very much are the German Lexus in my mind. Interesting assessment. Okay. I see you. Yeah. They're, a, they're very good. They're very good, but they're, yeah. you know, they're a notch above that in terms of driving enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that as a knock. I mean, as the, wow, what an Autobahn bomber, mm -hmm. just the cocoon to insulate you with tech but I don't look at it as a go-to enthusiast car. Well, Audis aren't typically even rear-wheel drive, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, Lexus even has that going for them on some of their models. Well, true, you know? but the breakup of the all-wheel drive system usually isn't rear-wheel drive biased either. True, true. That's very common, yeah. So as awesome as Audis are, as much as I'm intrigued by that e-tron GT that mm -hmm. does kind of seem to be an electric driver's looks car. looks gorgeous, yeah. It actually looks better than the Panamera. It does. Isn't that amazing? I'm not attracted to them. Not because of tech, not because of style, not because of build quality, but because of platform. I'll give you one that I, an Audi that I love and would own tomorrow, and it actually proves your point. And that's the R8, the first R8. Yes. But that's not a Volkswagen chassis. That's a Lamborghini chassis. Exactly right. Which is fascinating in its own right. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, that's an interesting one too. 
Mr. Kid 37 on Instagram says he uh, he toasted his brake pads on his daily driven WRX when he first went to the track. He just the brakes were done. So he went, "All right, all right, all right I get it. I'll get some Hawk track pads for the for the track." But you've probably discovered this. If you put track pads on your car and you drive them on the street, they have a tendency to be quite loud <laughs> and like annoyingly yeah. loud. Like yeah. inexplicably you are screeching to a stop because you're going for groceries. So he does the normal thing and he takes the track pads out and puts street pads on when he's not on the track. Then he doesn't like his braking on the street. So what do we do? We adjust. That's really what you do. You just you just have to you have to realize those separate realities. And then the question I have for you, Mr. Kidd, is how fast can you swap those out? Mm. Can you lift them out? Are they the lift out of the back of the of the uh, calipers? Probably. My question is, if you're going to do like a serious drive on the street, you can put your track pads back in. The problem is you just don't want to daily with those because they get annoying. That's why you've taken them out. But if you look, I'll, I'll go the other way. I've had some times where the tires were awesome and now I'm not on as good a tires. You just got to have to you have to feel the car new and go, oh, this is the limit. You got to drive within what the car is capable of and not what you wish it was capable of because you drove it better on the track. Mm. Interesting. I'm going to wrap things up here with Kirk M's question about track rally drift. What, I don't get to crush a car? I'm so okay. bummed. So you're keeping all three, though. That's the good I thing. Yes. Yeah. 08 M3. So okay. let's go with the E92 M3. Okay, yeah. 08 Mercedes-Benz CL63. And an 08 mm. Aston Martin V8 Vantage. Track rally drift well mercedes is the chevy of germany right <laughs> so we got to drift the cl63 it's oh, got a big engine okay, i got it it's, all right. it's a drift machine okay all right and i'm going to track the m3 because that is suited for the track okay i would rally the aston martin v advantage okay all right that's rally vantage because why wouldn't you see i think i think i'm going to rally the mercedes and I think I would. Uh, is there a daily option? No track rally drift. No daily. Huh. Track rally drift. Okay. I will. I will rally the Mercedes. I will drift the BMW, and then I will track the Vantage, and I will be a very happy man. <laughs> Thank you for all your questions. Really appreciate it, guys. We asked for social media questions on Mondays and Thursdays in anticipation of our release on Tuesdays and Fridays. And as Todd said earlier, when we were touching on sponsors, please support our sponsors mm-hmm. because they make our content possible. Absolutely. And they're great companies. We love working with them. So we've got great relationships and you can feel confident buying from them as well. Looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone.